You've probably heard about him in the last few days. Local guy, has a house in Stony Creek, lives here part of the time, originally from Jordan Station. But John Chaika is now the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL. Not just that, at 26, he is the youngest general manager in NHL history. He joins me now. John, thanks for doing this tonight. No, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I, I do want to say right off the top, I'm guessing probably after, I don't know, four or five days now since you were introduced, you probably are, though, getting a little tired of that introduction about always being the youngest guy in NHL history. That's probably getting old, is it? Well, I, I understand it. I mean, uh, it's certainly a talking point, but, uh, you know, hopefully the focus becomes on uh, our process here in Arizona and the, the good things about our organization and, uh, and the belief that we have something special here that we can go on and, and win. So I think, uh, you know, that's kind of the talking point, and certainly it's an easy one, but but again, I think the focus has to be on our group and our team and where we're at and where we're where we're going. Well, not only is it an easy one, and you're right about that, but it's also fascinating because Kyle Dubas, who of course is the assistant GM with Toronto, another really young guy, I think maybe 30, 31, something like that, is also living in Hamilton. What is going on around here that all the brains of hockey are now suddenly popping out of the Hamilton area? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would categorize it as all the brains. <laughs> we like to say that, John. That, that's what we're going to claim. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle's doing a good job in, in Toronto, and uh, you know I don't know him all that well myself, to be honest. I've, I've uh, had some uh, some people that I know cross paths and, and things like that. The hockey world, small community, but uh, just watching from afar what he's done with the Marlies this year, and obviously in the Sioux prior to that, and uh, yeah, I thought he ran a good draft last year too. So uh, you know he's doing he's doing a good job there, and, and certainly uh, an intriguing guy for everyone moving forward. But. Uh, you know, for myself, it's just uh, you know, I just the love of the game, and uh, and I guess it doesn't matter what part of the country you're from. If you're Canadian, uh, you got a real passion for hockey, and probably have a pretty good brain for it, in my opinion. Well, just before we get to what you're doing with the Coyotes right now, because it's fascinating uh, how you've got there and all that, let, let's just start with a little background, because you are from around here, Jordan Station, just down the highway, all on the way to St. Catharines. You do have a home in Stony Creek, but this is. Fair to say this is not what your first choice would have been to do. You were a pretty good player yourself at one time. Yeah, no, I think that's every kid's dream growing up in Canada is to, is to play. And uh, you know, that was my that was my goal as well. But you soon find out as you, uh, you know, move up the ranks that uh, just how hard it is to be an NHL player. And these guys that have the opportunity to do that are, are special talents and, and people with, uh, with great uh, mental makeup. And so... Um, as I continue to move forward and through my hockey career, I uh, had, had a back injury that uh, ended my career early, and uh, so I quickly moved into kind of the player development side of things, where I found kind of a passion, where I, an opportunity to combine my passion with some of my technical skills, and and that's how uh, you know I started Staffleys, which is uh, you know a company that uh, provides a kind of a rich data source for NHL teams, and that was uh, what I built, uh, co-founded and built for. Uh, number of years and, and had a lot of fun doing it and uh, was able to build up a pretty uh, pretty great offering. Where, where did you, by the way, just before we get to that, where did you play your youth hockey? Was it in, in St. Catharines or where, where were you the, where did you spend your time in the winters? Yeah, I, was, I started in uh, Jordan Station and uh, played in Jordan uh, for, you know, probably about six or seven. Then, yeah, it was, uh, it was St. Catharines, uh, that minor hockey system. So I uh, kind of grew up in there and, and played with some great players including Jordan Nolan, who's uh, now playing for the LA Kings. So uh, he was a line mate of mine, uh, a good friend, and uh, you know, a guy who's doing great things at the NHL level. 
When you were a player, uh, and I'm guessing that probably because of how you've gone on and what you've done with your career, were you a physical player or were you a more of a cerebral guy as you watched the game and tried to figure things out? Yeah, I would, I would very much uh, move towards the cerebral side. Uh, I'd say bordering on uh, on soft at times. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's why I'm uh, in management and those guys are <laughs> continuing to play. But, you know, I think... Uh, yeah, I thought I always had a pretty good understanding of the game. I was certainly a curious player, always trying to kind of push the boundaries of, of why we're doing things and trying to understand the reason behind everything. And uh, yeah, I certainly think that helped me as I move forward in my career and certainly now with my, my off-ice career. But uh, again, I think there's a difference between watching a game and analyzing it and really breaking it down. And I think I might be the latter, and, and I think it's it may, in some ways though it ruins the game in terms of an entertainment value. Once you start looking for specific things, and that's what you're doing, uh, it's not as fun maybe to just watch it back and watch it. So that's uh, I guess that's my approach. Did you um, when you would watch as a kid? Were you a numbers guy? Would you look at the Leafs or look at whatever team you were watching and start doing stats? Was that you? Were you keeping tab of all your favorite players and, and doing stats, or was this something that showed up when your career ended and you stumbled into this and realized you could make a difference this way? Well, like I said, I think I always viewed the game very analytically. I don't think it was very quantitatively at the time, but I was certainly interested again in the reason why behind everything. And so, you know, I, school was something that I was, uh, you know, very good in and. Uh, it uh, was something that came easy to me, and I think some of my technical skills were probably more on that end of things mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, marrying the two, the two together. But then, uh, you know, as I started to go through uh, after my playing career, I was looking for a career to, to do both. And uh, I think that at that point it was uh, an opportunity to, to put the two together for a real business opportunity. And, uh, you know, good, good lucky timing and uh and good fortune, and uh, we were able to to build, again, a pretty successful company. Well, it was, and, and again, you mentioned it, it was called Stathleys. It still is called Stathleys. It's, it was an analytics company. You looked at hockey. I mean, for, for the people who don't really still understand exactly hockey analytics, go watch Moneyball, I suppose, and that's at least a, fair to say that's at least a sort of a, a rough overview of kind of what we're talking about. Not exactly, but it's it's analyzing data. And, and, and John, I wonder how you found that. How did you stumble on what you ended up building. How did that come clear to you that this was what you were going to be able to do and build? Well, again, I think, you know, it seems like it's, uh, you know, some grand idea or something like that. It really wasn't at all. It was, uh, you know, just observing other sports and their kind of uh, pathway with uh, with kid, that, that front office is developing and evolving and uh, and understanding that, that landscape and that market. And then uh, for me, it was just about applying that logic and that concept to the ice, but I think what made Stathletes unique is that it was uh, an opportunity that that was that was born on the ice. It was something where we were solving kind of real, real uh, game scenarios that that were occurring in the games. That was, uh, you know, that was the problem that we were trying to solve. And so all of our solutions were based around how can we fix these problems that are occurring on ice. And that's a lot different than coming at it from a mathematics side and trying to then fit the mathematics to the ice. It was ours was the exact opposite of that. So, you know, I think it was a, it was a good uh, good way to build a company from a hockey perspective. We were able to recruit just top end talent. I mean, the, the number of people that are highly educated, uh, highly skilled, very smart, uh, very good hockey people that wanted to get involved in that industry and work for us. That was really our secret to success. At the end of the day it was. It was, uh, it was our ability to recruit high-end talent and fit them within a structure that made sense from a business perspective until we could get up and running. 
and now those people continue to, to do great things for us athletes. You know, the, the fascinating part to me about this is you refer, you refer to the fact that you're solving a problem. And the interesting part is I don't know that until you solve the problem, anyone actually realized there was a problem. You, you were solving yeah. something that no one actually realized needed to be solved until it was done. And then they went, oh, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the most simple solutions are the best ones, right? So, you know, people that say, I don't like analytics, they don't really understand what they mean by that because, you know, there's a lot of things out there that, that maybe are, are skewed. They say, oh, these are analytics and these aren't analytics. I, I just have a tough time to find what it really is. I think it's just a process-based, uh, you know, the, uh, process that uh, you go through uh, with discrete kind of events to, to better understand what you're talking about and to give you a base of, uh, of discussion and to, uh, you know, you have some ideas or things that you want to test a hypothesis data is a way to understand things better. And so that's, that's the approach as much as it is, um, you know, a, a spreadsheet or something like that. It's, it's a part of that bigger discussion. And, uh, you know, that's the way we approach it. We're going to approach it here in Arizona. So as a general manager now and a guy who has built his reputation, built his career in large part on the analytics side, how much of your job now becomes analytics and numbers and data? And how much is the eye test, which still to some degree has to be part of the whole formula when you're looking at players and talking about trades and drafting and everything else yeah i think the word we use here is a balance i think it's got to be uh, you know a check and balance in a lot of ways and and uh you know vice versa right where you you've got an opinion you want to look at data or you've got data and you want to look at an opinion and so the whole idea is that you end up at the best possible decision because you don't make a ton of them necessarily in this industry uh but the ones that you make are big ones and so just the process of, of, of gathering as much possible information on multi-million dollar decisions, to me, it's a very logical one. It makes a lot of sense. It doesn't mean that it's uh, you know, foolproof or that you're going to make the right decision every single time. There's a margin of error with, uh, with, with everything you're doing. You're just trying to minimize that margin of error. And I think uh, you know, my job is to put good people in place uh, and to set a vision and, uh, and a culture for our group moving forward. And, uh, and part of that culture has got to be about you know, intellectual curiosity. It's got to be about gathering information to try and arrive at the best decision. And the one thing that we will do for sure is we're going to have a better communication and we're going to collaborate with each other so that uh, we come up with, uh, give ourselves the best chance to execute and win. There have already, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you haven't already heard. There have already been questions saying, well, honestly, how much say is he really going to have? And and again, I, I don't. I, I hope I'm not insulting you. That's out there. That's been raised about, you know, you you your coach now has a lot of say in things. You do too, as an analytics guy, um, and as a guy coming in and taking over this job early. What do you see as your spot in the pecking order down there? Are you the traditional general manager, or is it a little bit of a different structure? I, I did a different structure, and that's. Uh you know, different doesn't mean bad. I think different can mean good. I think different just means different, right? And uh, for us, it's about, I see a very flat organizational structure as opposed to a pecking order. I see a group of, uh, of, of smart, uh, you know, good hockey people that, uh, that, that are, are passionate about winning in Arizona. And I think that, that approach is what we're about. It's the, you know, uh, the group approach, the mentality that uh, our, our sum needs to be greater than our parts and uh, and that's what it is at the end of the day. I think, you know, having the idea that what say do I have or don't have, I think at the end of the day that the buck stops with me. I think uh, in terms of personnel decisions, that Dave Tippett has a big say in those and uh, is someone that I'm going to lean on heavily in all situations. But, 
you know, for me, it's uh, that responsibility is mine to make sure we're making the right moves. But uh, that's why I crave a, a situation in which there is collaboration because I'm not naive to think that one person's uh, smart enough or has enough knowledge and experience or, you know, is able to, uh, you know, deal with all of the different levels and all the different opportunities and everything like that, that nature. So maybe there are people out there that can do it. I know I certainly can't. I need, uh, I need a good group that uh, approaches problems. And uh, it might be our most junior person that comes up with the best idea, and that's the one we're going to use. Now the question that I know, again, you've been getting from a lot of the people around southern Ontario, and um, the uh, there is a guy from Arizona who is supposed to be the number one pick in the draft, and there's been a ton of speculation about whether the Arizona Coyotes would make a move to the Leafs to try and get that first overall draft pick. And I'm guessing that as an analytics guy, it would cause you to have some sort of aneurysm if somebody told you that from a business side you had to do this and you looked at the numbers and said you know it just doesn't make sense but has there been any pressure is there going to be any pressure to try and find some way to get Austin Matthews down there to to, to be able to bolster the team from the ticket selling and business side of things I guess there's pressure to get top players in the league I mean there's pressure to improve our team there's pressure to uh try and win as much as possible next year and the following year and the year after. There's pressure to, to bring a, a culture of excellence to our team. Uh, with regards to any specific player, I think that's, uh, that's uh, on the hockey side of the evaluation. I haven't, I haven't felt any pressure. I, no one's had a discussion with me that would suggest that there's any pressure. I think uh, looking at Austin and, uh, and the type of person he is, the type of player he is, uh, what he means to our organization, whether he's playing for us or someone else, to have a first-round pick come out of the desert, uh, you know, grow up, play all of his minor hockey there, and be the type of player he is, is pretty special. And, uh, and so from our perspective, that's, uh, that's a slam dunk no matter where he ends up. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, again, you're from around here, but you have been in, down there long enough to see what that means. Is it, is it really that big a deal for the people down there to know that probably the first overall draft pick whether he goes to whether you guys can somehow land him or more than likely that he goes to the Leafs, that it is a really a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, I know it's a real special thing. I mean, we're twenty years in here, and uh, and to have something of that nature occur for your organization is real positive. We've got Matthew Chuck too, who has some ties to the area. I grew up here a little bit. Again, a real, real high end type player um, that that we're just so proud of both those guys that they that they were able to come up. Uh, around our area and uh, and are going to go on and do great things for an organization. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that I think it gives all the kids in the area a lot of hope. And uh, to hear Austin Matthews say that, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Coyotes, he probably wouldn't be playing hockey. I think, uh, you know, the NHL and their commitment to the organization and, uh, you know, some of the tough times that uh, some of the groups have had over the years, I think, you know, having a kid say something like that, I think it makes it all worth it. Well, it's a weird question, perhaps, as I let you go, but if 10, 15, 20 years from now another kid comes along who's like Austin Matthews and says the same thing, does that in some way reflect on whether you've done a good or a bad job? Yeah, I do. You know, I think a big part of, uh, of anyone's role in this, uh, this team and this organization is to, is to give back to the community. And I think, uh, you know, as I continue to do work here. I hope to, uh, you know, be very involved in the, in the community and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, make an impact the way that uh, obviously the people before me have with, uh, with someone like Austin coming up and, and saying those things. So, yeah, I think uh, any, any, any manager should be immersed in the uh, community 
and, and give back. And certainly if that's the end result or if it's just the end result of having kids go out, enjoy the game, uh, you know, uh, learn a lot. The, the, the hockey's a uh, great, just a great sport to learn about team play, to learn about discipline, to learn about uh, you know how to be successful, how to win. And so if that's the end result, then that's, that's good too. You keeping your place in the Stony Creek, or is life now completely in the Phoenix or in the Arizona area? Yeah, it's uh, for me. It's 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 mainly in the Arizona area. I'd say ninety five percent of the time. I mean, besides team travel and scouting trips and things of that nature, I have I have a fiance who's, who's still in in uh, Stony Creek. She's got some business interests there, and she's still uh, living there. But we're going, uh, and I and I see her from time to time there. But she's mainly coming out to see me. So. Uh, that's my last tie to Stony Creek, and, uh, <laughs> but it's always been a good place for me. John Chica, the uh, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, really appreciate the time today. All the best to you, and, uh, and good luck going forward. It's a really exciting thing that, uh, that you're embarking on. Good luck. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care.